Linux in the wall. Kevin Harvick will slide up and make contact with the outside wall. Three of the 16 playoff drivers have already had an issue. Austin Dillon. He's going to have an equipment interference penalty. So a playoff driver in Austin Dillon. To the extreme low line. Blaney right up the gut. Slides up in front of Elliott who nearly got the wall. Trouble Stone turn road. number four. Kyle Busch goes for a spin. What a car Bubba Wallace has here today. And he is going to grab the lead off four coming back to the line. New race leader in Kansas is Bubba Wallace. Checker flag is in the air and Bubba Wallace wins the Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas. Hello again, and welcome to Selling Speed, the podcast. I'm your host, Bob Quick from MRN, and this month's episode is a special event that Lloyd Ford from Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works and I put together with radio sales expert and owner of Alec Drake Media, Alec Drake, and 50-year affiliate owner and local sales pro, Ed Knight. It's a bit longer than most of my podcasts, but it's jam-packed with great NASCAR local sales information from experts in radio and media sales. It's called the NASCAR Race to Revenues in 2023. Please let me know what you think of it by emailing me at bequick at mrn.com. That's bequick at mrn.com. We'd love to do more of these type of roundtable events if they would be considered valuable to you. And now I present the NASCAR Race to Revenues in 2023 sales event with the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Welcome to the Encourager special on NASCAR and focused on radio sales. So look, to be specific, what you are about to hear will be focused on NASCAR on the radio, the selling of sports in local communities, the NASCAR fans' passionate connection to this sport, including the connections in your market and your region to NASCAR, NASCAR drivers, and NASCAR sponsors. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm from Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We work with broadcasters in all size markets to help them update their radio stations, create great brands and brands that are appropriately positioned to collect the most revenue in their local market. We do everything from coach your local morning shows and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates and even produce daily music logs or provide excellent voice trackers if you need it, sales and promotional ideas that move the revenue needle and a lot more. We're also confidential and market exclusive for radio. If you've got a problem that gets in the way of getting to that next level of revenue, reach out anytime, FORD at rainmakerpathway.com. We're also affordable. And today, look, during this podcast episode, we focus exclusively on NASCAR and the selling of NASCAR on radio. Building a great brand is about more than making a radio station sound amazing. It's about creating revenue. Yeah, today is all about how you leverage NASCAR on the radio into more revenue. I'm Bob Quick, Senior Manager, Radio Partnerships at Motor Racing Network. We roll up our sleeves at MRN to encourage local radio sellers to use NASCAR to bring more robust revenue into their sales. NASCAR isn't just unique radio content. 
It's bringing NASCAR to your market and helping your advertisers reach these highly passionate fans. You know, NASCAR is a national brand with a national following and massive national sponsors activating in almost every single market. When prospecting, look for bars and restaurants with beer and soda brand banners that say welcome race fans. Look for gas stations, convenience stores and auto parts stores with driver cutouts and other signage activating national promotions. The owners of these businesses may also very well be fans of the sport or know that their customers are big fans of the sport or they know that they have vendors that know their customers are fans. These businesses, they're the ones that that are, uh, you know, look, they're the one that the passion cell works so well with. That's the same sort of pitch you would make for local sports teams. You know, there's ex- approximately 26 tracks that make up the NASCAR schedule each season. Radio stations in those markets and surrounding their regions have natural tie-ins to local fans of the sport. Other connections can be made when a driver is from the area that you serve or a sponsor has a large presence in your area. Local connections are why team sports are a great sell, and you can use those same sort of strategies when you find a local connection with NASCAR. Do the research, or you can call me, and I can help you connect those dots. Well, I got to tell you, I don't think you can do better than having an affiliate man who will connect the dots for your sales team. You know, Lloyd, I'm happy to do it, too. Everything that we do at MRN should be additive to your revenue. If it isn't, we're, we're just not doing our job. It's becoming harder and harder in today's media world to have exclusives, exclusive branding that truly sets you apart. Being a NASCAR affiliate gives a local station a powerful audio exclusive that can literally be leveraged by programming and by sales. When you're in a heated battle with your local competitor, one thing that can set you apart is NASCAR. You know, today we're going to hear the nuts and bolts opportunities, solutions, and ideas to bring more revenue to your radio station because you carry NASCAR. Listen up, because we're not talking just NASCAR. We will be talking money in your market by talking with experts who have and do sell NASCAR in their local markets. Lloyd, this is this is going to be so much fun. It's sort of like a, a high-low game. You know, one of our guests is Ed Knight. Ed is a 53-year affiliate of our network here at MRN, and he's located in Wartburg, Tennessee. His station, WECO, serves a five-county area in central Tennessee. WECO is built around NASCAR coverage, and he makes a large portion of his yearly revenue from NASCAR. Ed, welcome to the Encouragers, the NASCAR special. Tell us how you sell NASCAR. What is your process? Well, first, guys, thanks for having me today, and I appreciate your, the opportunity to be here. We take advantage of NASCAR and our five-county NASCAR footprint. We also take advantage of, of our 53-year NASCAR brand. We have a variety of small, medium, and large ad packages. Our packages all have race spots plus weekly bonus spots. Additionally, we sell top-of-the-hour IDs, the 10-second drops at the end of the local breaks, and we also sell a title sponsorship. 
Now, selling is just part of the deal. Once we get a client sold, we really try to make an effort to provide excellent customer service. You know, guys, a client that's retained is a client you don't have to replace. And I'm kind of proud to say that we've got 20 clients that's been part of our NASCAR programming each for over 30 years. And several of our NASCAR clients are on three-year contracts, and we start our NASCAR renewals in Q4 of each year. I love hearing that. I heard that Ed Knight has a great story about a concrete fabrication company in Tennessee and their tie to a NASCAR team. Perhaps this is a good time to hear from Ed about this. Ed, can you tell us this story? Well, I'm glad to. The name of the client is Barger and Sons. They're a local company that sells concrete sewer systems. And by the way, they got a great tagline for their ads. We're number one in the number two business. I think that's one of the best I've ever heard. Last year, they were doing a small amount of business with us. We did some research and found out that Barger was going to sponsor A.J. Allmendinger in last year's Nashville and Bristol Xfinity races. So we got on the phone, we found out what was going on, and we went to the client, proposed a package where they buy some inventory. This package included ticket giveaways, and we got some help from Bob there at MRN and got the contacts with AJ's racing team, called him up and did an interview and let him plug the sponsor and let him plug the race. Well, the client loved the idea, bought a nice little package in 2021, he liked the idea so well, we went back in Q4 of last year, and he basically quadrupled his buy and bought a season-long package for 2022. You know, there's uh, I, I have two specific affiliates, and that's a great story. Uh, just, or, uh, well, uh, yeah, to just expand like that, you know, uh, one client quadrupling his budget. But I have two uh, specific affiliates. Uh, in the Northeast that sell to the same car dealer. They're in different markets, but the car dealer serves both markets. The car dealer has ties to the sport because the dealership's namesake was a budding driver about a decade ago. So if you can find business owners who are fans, they are hot prospects, just like Ed Ed explained. It's great when you can make those ties. Our next guest is Alec Drake, not a surprise to us. He's president of Drake Media out of Dallas, Texas. His deep background in sales includes over a decade as the director of sales for Cumulus in Dallas, Texas. That includes 1310, the ticket. Now, Alec sold a wide variety of markets. He's been in a lot of different markets, but this experience in Dallas, Texas, this is a whole different level. It allows us to ask questions about selling NASCAR and sports in that market. Alec, how is selling sports in Dallas different than it might be in other middle or smaller markets? Well, Lloyd, thank you for the question. And also great to be here with you and Bob and and Ed uh, talking about NASCAR and racing to revenues Uh, coming up in 2023, and certainly uh, it's been a great year this year. You know, Dallas is loaded with major sports franchises, of course, including one of the most well-known in the world, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, although they didn't play too well the other night, Uh, (laughs) followed by the Mavericks, uh, the Texas Rangers, the Dallas Stars, uh, but also in this North Texas region, It's home to Texas Motor Speedway with NASCAR at full throttle 
at this wonderful facility. And there's other racing events and promotions that they do during the year. And I worked with the esteemed promoter, Eddie Gossage, who he stepped down recently after 25 years at the helm and three decades with Speedway Motorsports. Eddie had a great line. He said, if we don't make a big deal out of it, who will? And that just me to me encapsulated his look and his view of promotion and how important it was to compete in, in a market of this size and with as much competition as it was in the market. So as huge as NASCAR is across the country, it, it required that bigger promotional push uh, here in Dallas-Fort Worth. And it wasn't just about the diehard fans. It was also about bringing out the more casual fan to the races and for the entertainment. Now, from a station perspective, working with the ticket, uh, as I did since 2009, you know, racing and game schedules with the pro teams and everything had to be considered because we were also home to the Dallas Stars. So sometimes you get late in the hockey season around April, you know, there was always concern about making sure things didn't bump into each other uh, as you were juggling all these different franchises and, and events. But when you consider the, the total competition for sports dollars, event attendance, entertainment offered in the market, we always felt the pressure to dig deep for Texas Motor Speedway, and we had a great partnership. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, the two types of fans that uh, uh, Texas Motor Speedway is reaching out to the casual fan and uh, and uh, and uh, um, the dedicated fan. Let's let's Ed, let's let's focus on those passionate NASCAR fans. It's uh, it's well documented. There are NASCAR fans in all walks of life. You'd think this includes those folks that could be influential in a local market. Is there a potential for selling for connecting a NASCAR fan to sell NASCAR? on your brand have you done any this type of recruiting of this ultra uh, of this untraditional uh to boost sales opportunities further or do you think radio should be thinking of passion opportunities even maybe even at a part-time level with uh a potential untraditional sellers well yes uh, several answers to that question but you know if you're involved in sales you understand a closing technique and one of the easiest closes when you make a presentation, it, you can close with the emotional sale. And if I happen to walk into a business and get an appointment and I see a NASCAR cap, a NASCAR calendar, then I know I've got a real shot of getting the order because I can use the emotion and the passion to close or at least get considered for the buy. So always looking out for business owners that are NASCAR fans. Then I try to use that emotion to help close the sale. In regard to non-traditional clients, we've actually been successful over the years closing a number of NTR clients, such as manufacturing plants. We kind of use NASCAR as the idea to get in the door. And then the guy says, well, you know, I'm building steel bird cages, for example. Why do I need to advertise? Well, we sell creative ideas as far as the spots. We've been successful with these NTR clients with things like back-to-school safe driving brought to you by local client who is concerned about our kids in the community. Christmas greetings in this market are always good. So we had a smattering of that as far as sales over the years. But as everybody knows now, everybody's trying to hire somebody. So now we've used those contacts with our NTR clients who are now advertising heavily. I have more people on my radio station right now advertising for jobs, job openings than ever have. So we were lucky getting in the door years ago with NASCAR with NTR clients 
who now seek us out to buy ads to hire people. And then to the last part of your question, uh, should radio be thinking of opportunities? Well, how about ABC? Always be closing. Always be on the lookout for a prospective client. Still to this day, I write up down the road and I keep a notepad on the seat beside me and I see an idea, a billboard, and I write it down. Today, you can monitor social media, your competition, local print media, for example, that gives us leads. Many times I picked up the local paper and said, this guy's got an ad. I call him and send him something about NASCAR and make a buy. So always be closing and effort does equal results uh, when it comes to using that passion to close sales. And, and I'm going to go back and just ask this one part of that question again. Are you, have you had any success or tried using any fans of the sport and brought them on either as a seller or as a part-time seller? Uh, I've had mixed results with that, um, but basically uh, we're successful with our, with our team of in-house people doing the sales. Very good. Alec, you're certainly familiar with that idea that passionate people inspire others to act. There is a high correlation between passion and sales, especially in sports. What do you think about taking an untraditional approach like this to recruiting passion sellers? Well, I'll first say Ed's exactly right. Uh, you know, 50 to 70 percent of sales can be emotional, depending on uh, certainly during the pandemic, emotional sales were at the 70% level. They're probably back to about 50% now. And so the emotions are important, as is the passion. But passion kind of married to purpose is where you kind of get that win-win combination. So having passion can cut both ways in recruiting. You know, the ticket especially was very unique in having one of the most passionate audiences I've seen in my 40 years of selling radio. Uh, the P1s, as they called themselves, and we know that's the old Arbitron definition of the most loyal listeners, uh, they would sometimes know more about the station than some of the sales staff because they were just so hungry and, and consumed with, with the ticket and what the station provided for them. And there was even some that called themselves day one P1s who could give you a history lesson on the 25 years of the station. So passion is, is certainly critical, uh, but I would caution when I would meet with applicants and I was hiring and recruiting for sales openings to kind of balance that passion with purpose because, you know, passion has its advantage since you have a core belief in the product, whether you're talking about a station, a sport, or a particular team. But as a hiring manager, as a recruiter, you know, you've got to help that candidate blend that passion with purpose and expectations of the job. So it's about selling and generating revenues. So yes, you can find prospects with passion, uh, and that is an optimal opportunity, but you've got to also keep them realistic. You know, you need to manage the business side of the sale. Mm. So wanting to advertise and having the resources to buy what an advertiser might want and the prospect to close, you know, that's where the separation starts to kick in. So if you address both the passion, driving the urge to buy, with the dollars underneath, you'll definitely be successful. Sellers need to, to learn the business, stay focused on the job. And I hired a couple of people that were great P1s who turned out to be great sellers. And then I had a couple that uh, I took a flyer on and it was more, you know, more passion and not enough results. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, shift gears here for a second. And I said that on purpose because we're 
talking about racing. Um, NASCAR has the largest female following of any sport. It approaches about 40%. In fact, NASCAR branded female clothing is the number one category in official merchandise sales. This question is for both Ed and for Alec. Let's start with Alec. Do you think radio is missing this connection that could result in many more dollars when it comes to your NASCAR sales? Well, I think certainly formats play into this question. <clears throat> you know, if you're a country station and we had the benefit with our cluster of seven stations to have two country stations that were dominant in the market. So you definitely got a better balance in male versus female listeners, and you're naturally going to connect that opportunity to your format. You know, branching out to reach more fans and more attendees for races is always a goal. And if you've got a variety of stations in a cluster, you know, don't overlook the chance to, to spread the excitement, the fun, the experience that comes with racing in NASCAR. If your program director does not see that full opportunity and they don't always communicate with sales on the same page, well, then work it from a sales promotion angle. Take some of your spoiled inventory, something might not be selling, and, and bundle it up for supportive registration to maybe win at sponsor locations or sports formats, of course, are slowly gaining more female numbers. And that should cater to the female racing fan that may not be following other sports or be listeners to your other stations. You know, the other obvious is feature female drivers as a touch point to make the connection with the fans and your audience. Um, what about you? Well, I think the story of, of women in NASCAR is being told. I, I, I agree with that number that 40%, give or take, is where the female audience is with NASCAR. But, you know, I go back almost, well, almost 50 years ago, and we it was just totally male. And, and the premise was it was just country bumpkins and men that, that followed and listened to NASCAR. But the story of women is being told much better now. For example, on the nationwide radio broadcast of the MRN and PRN, we hear female announcers. Kim Coon just comes to mind. And female announcers on the TV broadcast. You never saw that before. So what we find here locally in our market is NASCAR really is no longer being perceived as just a male-dominated sport. Matter of fact, I've got several female-owned businesses that have advertised with us a long time on NASCAR. I seldom hear that the objection that NASCAR is just for men now. Matter of fact, just recently, just this past week, we did a week-long promotion giving away NASCAR tickets to Bristol Motor Speedway, which is about two and a half hours from Wartburg. And most of our winners, for example, were women that come to get the tickets. So we uh, we, we touched a little bit upon, you know, the, the makeup of the uh, demographics of the NASCAR fandom. Um, Let's talk lifestyle now. Um, NAS the NASCAR fan and the country music fan have a similar lifestyle, and there's a complementary lifestyle between uh, sports and other formats as well. I like to call it, and we call it around here at MRN, the blue-collar sensibility. NASCAR fans and country music fans live a lifestyle that embraces this blue-collar sensibility. Fans of both enjoy uh, outdoor sports, like hunting and fishing. They enjoy outdoor activities like camping and hiking, boating, riding ATVs, motorcycles, even snowmobiles. If you're in that, uh, in that uh, um, geographic area, Alec, do you think that uh, country radio NASCAR affiliates should break down these categories and seek out NASCAR friendly business owners in those segments to take advantage of this blue collar sensibility? 
Absolutely. You know, my experience with KSCS and KPLX, the Wolf, working on promotions and tie-ins with, uh, you know, the, the year always looked for matches that made segmented promotions kind of sizzle. You know, when you think of a Bass Pro Shops or the local RV dealers or the gun dealers, it's perfect to bring them together. And we had them all on our stations. And in addition, you know, look for your on-air personalities to drive the business for all the partners where you have endorsements. You know, this worked well. We had a afternoon guy on the Wolf, Mark Phillips, uh, and he was terrific. He was a big, huge NASCAR fan and epitomized really that bond between the format and the sport and made that connection so well. And uh, we would you know, leverage endorsements he was doing and bring those in. So segments that can cross promote with Texas Motor Speedway at station events throughout the year were also great revenue drivers. I mean, and think of the events you do musically in the year. You know, find ways to integrate your NASCAR and your racing audience into those promotions. We had just one example comes to mind, North Texas Music Festival, where the Wolf was the presenting, you know, radio station and our jocks were on stage introducing the bands and so forth. And we always pulled Texas Motor Speedway in with that, shared a footprint with them and helped promote that and get them uh, connected to those events and help them again get past the diehard fan and then bring those casual fans into their uh, attendance. A lot of different casual things. And what do they mean? You know, people with a blue collar sensibility can also be do it yourselfers who maintain their own lawn and landscaping, who do their own home improvement projects, who work on their own vehicles, etc. You know, having this blue collar sensibility doesn't necessarily mean you work a blue collar job. You could, but it also means that you embrace a lifestyle that embraces activities, attitudes, and opinions that are prevalent in people who do work blue collar jobs. Ed, is is there a way to leverage this life group in a more passionate way to churn up even more revenue? Well, yes, and I think how we try to do that here is we try to engage them. We try to engage them with programming and promotions that will involve them and make them part of the program. This is the demographic that we really try to reach as an audience. And as I said, we do this with our NASCAR programming. We do special events. I just mentioned the recent Bristol Motor Speedway ticket giveaway. We've done promotions where you can win an opportunity to drive a NASCAR race car on the Richard Petty Driving School at Daytona or Bristol. Uh, another way we've engaged, uh, made a few friends in the industry over the years, Dennis McMeyer, who recently uh, was had for many years was president of, of uh, Richmond Raceway. He actually engages us still to this day. We call it Bix Picks, and, and Dennis no longer is president of Richmond, but for many, many years he was. So we, too, have a morning guy that's just eat up with NASCAR. So for about 10 minutes every Thursday morning, we have Bix Picks, and they review last week's races, preview the picks to win this week. And we were actually engaging in our little town of Wartburg with a president of a racetrack at Richmond for years and years. And we were able to leverage that into sponsorship. And uh, you might have heard of our sponsor. They sell hamburgers. They call McDonald's. And they signed up with us and been part of this for quite, well, about three years now. Mm-hmm. So that that that's great that uh you you've been able to make those relationships but that takes time right and and connections and alec 
um, for you, sports formats, sports formats are heavily male and uh, NASCAR, although it has the highest percentage of women following the sports as compared to other sports, uh, just like other sports, NASCAR is heavily male. Well, over 60% of NASCAR fans are male. So clients targeting males, the same ones that you would see on an all sports formatted station, like the ticket, which you're very familiar with are also perfect for NASCAR coverage. In many markets, our affiliates combine that NASCAR coverage on their music formatted station with other sports coverage on other stations or with a, one of their sports formatted stations. You've served as a very at a very high level being director of sales at the ticket in Dallas. Are you familiar with these strategies? Do you think radio is leaving money on the table when it comes to sports like NASCAR by not using them? Well, you know, one of my mantras in sales is differentiation builds value. So when you have an association outside the station content specifically that's exclusive or unique, you know, you've got to leverage that relationship. And, uh, you know, look, not everyone is a NASCAR fan. Uh, and believe me, sometimes there's not, you can't find any cowboy fans on a certain night around here. So things can change. But, uh, you know, as I mentioned, in a market like uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, while, it, while it's popular, there's a lot of competition. So you've got to be smart about how you build opportunities for your clients. Uh, you, you've got to find ways to kind of weave them into the relationship you have with the sport, uh, whatever it might be. And it fits both formats and can straddle them at the same time. So, you know, our prime stations working with Texas Motor Speedway, for example, were, of course, the ticket. Uh, KPLX, The Wolf, KSCS, uh, our other country station. We also found ways to pull in our news talk properties, WBAP and KLIF, with interviews, ticket promotions, client engagement, you know, interviewing Eddie Gossage, for example, talking about the season, talking about upcoming big races. So I, I think, you know, when you've got a connection to something that is exciting, unique, valuable, something people that, uh, you know, love and are passionate about it, as, we, as we've been mentioning today, uh, I think that's a perfect opportunity and you've got to leverage that. That's part of differentiation and that's valuable. You know, gentlemen, I got to be honest with you. I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about everything everybody's saying. And I'm, I start thinking about my favorite NASCAR driver, which is uh, Chastain. And I, every time I see four wide on Sunday, I think, oh, my God, where is he? he? I know he's up in there somewhere. And that means it's time for me to introduce the secret. Now, we promised that we would get some really cool things fit into this special. And, and darn it, we're going to. The secret would actually be the season for selling NASCAR. A lot of people are not as familiar with this. They just think, okay, maybe we do this or that or the other. But Ed, you plan ahead. Can you talk with us about your strategy for pre-selling NASCAR on your station? And, and look, you're not making your year by doing all last-minute sales, are you? Absolutely not. We only do last-minute sales if we have to replace a cancellation. We renew in Q4 with a plan of being sold out by the first of each new year. And we try to work hard and work smart. We take a lot of pride in our NASCAR inventory. It's exclusive to this market and us. Nobody around here has been doing it for 53 years. But we pitch clients in Q4 
without being too cocky, it's basically sign up now before it sells out. And we've been real lucky. Our inventory for the for the for the upcoming year has been pre-sold for twenty plus years. So let's let's dive into that a little bit, Ed. How do you set up your Q four selling season then? Well, we have a plan that we 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 sit down and plan the whole year. And my two sons are my business partners, and and I sit down with them the first of this year, just like we did. So we have a plan with our other programming, and basically it goes like this: we sell almost all ninety seven percent probably of our regular near year end inventory by the end of October, and that's what we project to do again this year. Then once we get that out of the way, the end of October, we do our projections and we got 2022 in the can. Now, we then totally concentrate on selling NASCAR for November and December. First, we renew our existing clients and then we sell new clients to get the inventory sold. So the summation is we have a plan. It's broken down into quarters and then it's summarized into a year. So we get all of our regular stuff done Plan it out by the end of October. Then we spend November, December selling NASCAR for the upcoming year. I love when people start talking about plans. Any of my new clients will tell you right away. It's like, oh, my God, Lloyd plans everything out. I believe in a strategy. The NASCAR season lays out perfectly for an annual package. Over 80% of affiliates sell this way. And, and look, that... That is also why it's important to affiliate with our friends from Performance Racing Network. Just like TV, there are two networks that combine for season-long coverage of NASCAR. It is much easier selling a season instead of trying to piecemeal races together for shorter-term packages. Ed, did you sell it like this from the beginning? Lloyd, you name it, and we sold it. It is is whatever we had to do to sell it, it, we did. Um, I remember back when we only had a daytime-only station. Now, get this. Our Wartburg's got 900 people in it. Our county's got 21,000 people in it. And when we first started, we had a 1,000-watt daytime-only station. And we even resorted. We had the inventory sold for these West Coast races that ended after sunset. Well, now what am I going to do? I have to sign off. I can't play the rest of the racing. I'll miss my local inventory. Well, you know what we'd do? We recorded it and played it back, and it worked. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Yeah. So we got creative on another idea. I remember a local client was in the NASCAR souvenir business, T-shirts, model cars, cabs, et cetera. And I don't remember exactly the race, but he said, have you ever done a live remote during a race? And I said, well, if you buy it, I'll do it. He did. And we did. <laughs> so this was difficult is we actually went on site with the uh, station equipment and the vehicle and did a live broadcast. And when MRN talent would cue the break, we'd go live. Now we had to be tight because of timing. So yes, we've, uh, we've recorded it and played it back. We've done remotes during the race. But finally, we decided that was a hard way to do it. And, you know, there's a difference between working hard and working smart. So we finally figured out through trial and error, pre-selling the upcoming season in advance was the best way to do it. And, uh, you know, we're talking about an annual, right? It's 11-month season, you know, and, and when you pitch annual annuals, 
uh, it's best to get out in front of the client during that budgeting process that they have. So naturally that period between when the kids go back to school and the holidays is also a natural time to be selling NASCAR. All of our most successful stations do it during this time period. Plus it's during the heat of the NASCAR playoffs when the light shines brightest on the sport outside of the first race of the year, the Daytona 500. Alec, do you believe in selling sports this way as an annual package? Bob, I, I absolutely believe in selling long-term and, and building, building in terms of conditions. You know, you, uh, like Ed pointed out, you know, you've got to have a plan. You've got to lay it out. You've got to understand who your renewals are. You've got to understand who your new customers are uh, and, and look at these season-long commitments and make sure that they're, they're stable because you're talking about somebody you want to have throughout the season. Uh, and uh, it, we had the benefit of not just looking at racing and, and Texas Motor Speedway sponsorships and things we were involved with there. But as I mentioned, we had the Dallas Stars. We were the home station for the Dallas Stars. So we were already had a sales team that was used to looking longer term and, and selling seasons, if you will. Uh, and boy, back even in 2009, we used to be the, the home for the Dallas Cowboys too. So uh, when you're in that mentality, it makes a huge difference. And, it, and annuals are always preferred, no matter what you're selling, if you can get that kind of business. So on most occasions, we sold all the sponsorships and event activities uh, up front and laid those in. Now, there might be situations where we had to partition sometimes uh, for somebody who wanted something specific uh, based on their uh, needs and how they looked at budgeting, for example. And also, you know, I always talked with my team about stitching things together because the ticket was a very active station, uh, not just with sports events, but with all the things the station did. So we kind of stitched together this this plan that would gather up different things that were happening through the year. And sometimes even if it wasn't somebody buying a season sport, uh, it's always preferred to go long-term. You know, we had uh, another opportunity with Texas Motor Speedway. They had something called Friday Night Drags, which was a weekly event at the track, kind of outside, of course, of NASCAR with a big hyper-local focus. And so you've got the larger brands that would want to look at the regional nature of NASCAR, the big races, uh, the spring and fall, et cetera. And then you'd look at these other opportunities at a more local level. Uh, so we had a little bit of a mixed bag, but depending on the investment required, we'd build out a program and we'd, like Ed said, you know, we'd always find a way to make a sale and, and just match it up. And sometimes it would cross over and somebody would come in and be in the second half of one year and in the first half of next year. But uh, you make it work and, and long-term is always better. You know, I talk to hundreds of radio stations a year um, and sometimes it feels like a week, but um, you know, <laughs> uh, both Alec and Ed, you've, you've confirmed me what they've told me that telling, uh, attempting to sell uh, NASCAR at other times produces varying success for selling the product at best. You know, I'm not saying that you can't, but I am telling you that our most successful stations do it exactly like what Alec and Ed were saying in that late, fall time period and in a long-term view, long-term package, whether that's an annual or in some cases, multi-year, like, like Ed referenced earlier. Let's talk the best strategy for selling NASCAR and get the perspective of both Ed and Alec while we got them here together. Alec, these NASCAR stations can use the extreme loyalty of the NASCAR fan to get the appointment with the client. Is that correct? 
Well, absolutely. Uh, again, as, as Ed touched on, you know, sometimes you're going to hit on that, that client and everything lines up and you've got somebody who is absolutely ready to move forward. So whatever sport you're selling, you've got to leverage that intensity, that passion and the support represented by the fans. You know, selling hockey was no different for us at the ticket as, as the number four major team sport team in the market. Hockey did not command the attention of the Cowboys. I will tell you that. Uh, so selling is storytelling and you must build your story. You've got to highlight the value of the fans. You've got to define the demographic fit to the needs of the client. You've got to use your station to be that glue that pulls the program together. You know, we talked earlier about segments tied to outdoor activities and, and looking at qualitative research. You know, whether it's from the RAB or your local market, you know, whatever you pull together to build that story, there's always a narrative you can drive home for why fan support is key to everyone's success. And when you've got strong fan support like you do with NASCAR and some of these other sports we're talking about, uh, that, that definitely helps you go. So, Ed, I feel like I'm a political debate uh, moderator. Ed, your rebuttal. What do you have to say about this? Well, I, I agree totally. The, the loyalty of NASCAR fans is very impressive. Many times I've been at a client's business. We've been discussing NASCAR buys and I'll look out in the showroom or look out in the workspace and there'll be a NASCAR fan out there wearing a T-shirt. And sometimes it's a little bit of a risk, but I say, Hey buddy, come over here just a minute. And I said, you a NASCAR fan. They'll be wearing a chase Elliott t-shirt or something. He said, yeah, I love chase Elliott. And I said, well, by the way, you local. Yeah. Well, who do you listen to NASCAR? And they said that station over in Wartburg. And I just look over to client and it makes the sale a lot easier. And I, I'll share a story with you. If you'd like to hear it where NASCAR and the loyalty of the NASCAR fans can be a great door opener. I was having difficulty years ago getting an appointment with a client. I tried and I tried and I tried and I couldn't get in. Finally, the guy says, All right, I'm going to give you an appointment. I sat down and he said, you got five minutes. Give me your pitch. Well, I didn't particularly like that kind of a smart aleck attitude. So I just looked at him and said, you know, I got NASCAR. At that time, I'd had it 35 years. Nobody else in the market has it. I got an exclusive product. I don't really do pitches anymore. You in? He said, what will $500 a month get me? So there you go. Uh, we I use the NASCAR brand and the loyalty of the fans. Uh, and this guy was kind of blowing me off. But anyway, he said he'd spend 500 a month. So I took it. So here's what the data looks like. Over 70% of NASCAR fans purposefully seek out NASCAR sponsors to purchase their goods and services. How are you liking that? It is an attitude that is much more prevalent than any other sport out there. Yeah, that's 100%, Lloyd. Um, and on average, that's about... That, that index is about 20% higher than any other professional sport. So they, these are the most loyal fans on the earth. Alec, um, shouldn't radio be selling to clients an annual package that incorporates the entire season and the entire station? And that includes on air, online, on social, et cetera, pretty much everything that they have. Well, absolutely. Uh, Bob, you know, Today, I think it's expected, you, you know, you kind of have this 360 degree view of, of what the client needs. And we all know that digital has become, you know, another asset in the toolbox for a lot of sales departments in the business. And, and they've been leveraging it and using it. And 
we have the existing relationships with our sellers and our clients, and now we can bring something else into the mix. So what we sell is, is absolutely expanded. And so you've got to look at how you can bring all that together, uh, who they're trying to reach, how are they reaching them? Uh, and, you know, if you don't include multiple options, you're going to leave the door open for somebody else to come in and take dollars or create confusion, maybe even push you out. So, uh, for example, you have listeners. We did something. We had listeners answer trivia questions about a race as it was happening on our Facebook page, and they could win prizes from local sponsors and clients. So it was a way to kind of pull in. Uh, the, the social and the Facebook, along with what we were doing on air, what we were doing promotionally. And it's really an extension into the social for the station and for the clients. So pre-promote on your site, you know, have clients promoted on their sites and then support that promotion with on-air sales inventory or programming support from your, with liners. But you, you really need to look uh, at all the different angles and see if you can find ways to, to broaden the, the impact. I spent my adult life working on the idea of brand and how powerful, important brand and exclusives are. And, and it's like this people, consumers will crawl over a commodity that is priced cheaply to buy a brand because the brand is what they really want. Do the math and figure out what during the week inventory you want to include in your NASCAR package. So you're using your time and your inventory wisely for your annual pitch. One of the biggest mistakes that stations make is only selling NASCAR races on Sunday and not embracing the power of this in-demand and desirable product to squeeze every available dollar out of what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And um, we also encourage affiliates to target to target clients that that make sense. Um, we have no clients just to let you know, or advertising categories that are off limits at MRN. If you hear it on our air and you can sell it, go sell it. We want you to make money. This is what we're here for you to do. Listen to our broadcast, watch the TV coverage, look at team sponsor lists at jski.com, write that down, jski.com. And then look for the sponsor lists for all the different NASCAR teams to prospect businesses that are already doing business with NASCAR. It's much easier to sell somebody if they're already sold on the sport, watch the TV coverage, and pay special attention to the local commercials. Those are clients that you can get to and have already been sold on the sport. They should be low-hanging fruit for you. It's well-documented that adding radio to a TV campaign increases that client's ROI exponentially. Also, look at businesses that cater to that blue-collar sensibility that we spoke about uh, of, the, of the NASCAR fan. Those clients that target males. This should provide you with a robust list of traditional prospects. You, you're not lost at this point in this episode because you know we're talking about NASCAR. We, you know we're talking about radio sales. You know we're talking about how to increase your revenue. Let's turn our attention to your local market, especially events and promotions. What about at-track remotes, NASCAR-themed giveaways, even Daytona viewing parties? Ed, how much of these kinds of events are you doing in Tennessee? We're doing a lot of them, uh, Alec. Uh, I was kind of thinking back to some of the things we've done in the past. We've done viewing parties at clients 
I remember years ago, we set up a big screen TV at a client on a Sunday afternoon, did a radio broadcast and kind of wrapped up the year with a viewing party at a client. And we had free Cokes and pizza for everybody to come by and door prizes and the client loved that. We've done racetrack, uh, race car at the track promotions that I mentioned earlier. That was very successful. People are getting a chance to drive a race car at Atlanta and at Bristol. And again, we do all types of NASCAR ticket giveaways. But by far, our most successful special NASCAR event is broadcasting live at NASCAR racetracks. We go to Feb- we go to Daytona in February and August, and we go to Nashville in June. I've done Daytona live remote broadcast for 20 years. And uh, I'm kind of happy and proud to say that recently on August 27th, I did my 40th broadcast at Daytona. And we use these events to build the brand, do the NASCAR tie-in, plus we sell extra advertising on top of our NASCAR inventory. And it's, it's profitable for us, and it builds the brand. Great stuff. Alec, what do you think about an opportunity uh, like selling a racing video game competition at a local bar or restaurant that uh, could happen prior to a race? Do you think that makes sense for 2023? Well, I I think it absolutely makes sense. Video games are huge. Uh, So I think that's a great idea. And a perfect fit for a sports bar. Uh, you know, you could bring in the gaming equipment, the video games. And then after the promotion, you could give them away uh, after the party to uh, to people who registered to win, win them and let them take them home. I mean, that would be another a nice twist to that. One of the things, too, that we always looked at was ways to have uh, display vehicles. Again, we were always thinking about Texas Motor Speedway at the local level and uh, looking at ways to have display vehicles or things that we could do promotionally to park at these events. Uh, they had some unique uh, promotional vehicles. They drive around the track uh, on race days in the pre-race activity. So we place them at local events outside of the actual race dates to keep that visibility up and, and register for ticket w- uh, giveaways from that display. So I think like Ed is saying, you know, one of the things that radio has done well for a lot of years uh, is get people connected, get people engaged, uh, put creative promotional things together, uh, get different clients together. All of those things are still critical. You know, I do wonder if radio is able to get creative. This is one of the major separators of our business historically. But we all know that a lot of things are happening in the radio business. What about renting simulators for NASCAR, NASCAR race car show cars for events or festivals, fairs and other appearances? Ed, are are these new opportunities for you and your team? No, Alec, they're not new opportunities for us, but we've used them extensively in the past. We brought these simulators in, and for those that are listening and not familiar with what a simulator is, it's about the size of a Volkswagen Bug, Beetle, for example, a small compact car, and you get in it, and they close the door, and it's got a big video screen in front, and the frame is on a hydraulic, and it basically mimics going around a racetrack. It's kind of the closest thing to being on a racetrack without being there. Those have been very successful. Um, I'll give you an example. Then this is how long we've been doing it. We did the first show car appearance in Tennessee for the Coors number nine, Bill Elliott. Yes, there was an Elliott before Chase. His natty was good. Uh, awesome Bill for Dawsonville. And for you historians of the, of the uh, sport, 
he set the record at Talladega at 212. Bob helped me 212, 215, 217 pre uh, restrictor plate. Yeah. Anyway, Bill won driver of the year for our most popular driver for all those years. Well, we went down to the Ford dealer and said, you know, you're doing X, but if we could bring the Coors number nine Thunderbird to your showroom, would you do X plus? And he said, yes. So I got on the phone and, and we had a really successful promotion. It was one of the first times anybody in our market actually got to feel, kick the tires and touch a real NASCAR race car. So I would strongly encourage anybody in the radio business that's doing NASCAR that's not done a simulator or a show car. It's a great value add, a great door opener. You go to a car dealer and say, look, if you're in the Toyota business, uh, buy this inventory and have it all pre-planned, obviously. But, hey, you want to have Kyle Busch's uh, 18 uh, NASCAR Camry sitting in your showroom? Well, I can deliver that. So you don't sell advertising. You sell ideas. Bottom line, simulators and show cars are a great tool if you'll use it. That's right. We are in show business. Alec. What about giveaways related to NASCAR coverage, advertisers, and through advertisers? Well, Lloyd, you know, uh, Ed just touched on, you know, the, the, the visual nature that's really important and how that can be attractive. And all those, you know, everything you just mentioned, too, in your question work, it's okay, you know, think, think big, too. Uh, look at look at everything you're doing and look for those opportunities. You know, Texas Motor Speedway was our title sponsor at an annual event we we did every year at Ticket called Ticket Stock, and this was a two day lifestyle event every year in February. We'd have about five thousand seventy five hundred people attending. It was really one of our bigger station events of the year, our marquee event. And so, having Texas Motor Speedway as our title sponsor gave them huge coverage, not only on the station for weeks, but a giant footprint at the event. They had like a 40 by 60 space. And uh, what they did is in setting that up is not only get all the exposure as a title sponsor and and access to all the attendees for the two day event, they were busy building a database of second tier fans to come out to the races. Uh, and, And they were really looking at how they could build their uh, their data and get more people signed up uh, for promotional events and for news that was coming out about the track. So in all promotions, just like sales, you got to understand where you deliver value to the client and why it all makes sense. So since we were broadcasting for two days from Ticket Stock Live, you know we could also highlight Texas Motor Speedway with interviews, talk about Daytona since it was in February, uh, since it was in the same month, and really you know help launched the season. One of the things that was a lot of fun uh, and very unique to the, to the ticket, especially is every year in August, we did an event called fight night and believe it or not. Uh, and again, Texas motor speedway was a presenting sponsor in this occasion. Th- this is an event with about four to 5,000 people attending and we'd have eight to 10 boxing matches with P ones from the radio station, jumping in the ring and throwing punches. We were sanctioned by the Texas Boxing Commission. It was all very organized and we had health screenings and all kinds of things. It was a pretty involved promotion, frankly. It was a lot of work, but it was one of the most unique promotions too we did every year. And we would broadcast that on the radio uh, every year in August. So that was another way that we, you know, pulled in Texas Motor Speedway. Again, they'd have their 
uh, a car on display or there are their unique promotional vehicles on display at the entrance doing signage in between rounds with the ring girls getting up and holding up the, the cards. So it was just a lot of fun. So it, don't hold back, be creative, look at everything you're doing at your stations. And uh, I think you're going to find ways that you can stretch exposure and uh, certainly get more dollars. <laughs> we've, uh, we've been at this for about 50 minutes and uh, I think I might know what you're going to say, Ed, but I, after all these stories, you know, what, what, to you, what is the value of owning NASCAR in your market? Well, I've studied on the answer to that question, and you know, I don't know exactly how it relates to Alec down there in that big old city of Dallas, but I'm here in this little bitty town of Wartburg, and I'll tell you, here's my answer. What's the value of owning NASCAR in my market? Well, first, I've been sued by my competition for $1 million trying to get NASCAR programming away from me. So I consider if my competition thinks it's worth a million dollars, it must be pretty damn valuable. Mm -hmm. NASCAR sales made my house payment for 30 years, and it continues to make our payroll today. My NASCAR sales make my payroll. We have clients that told us they would not advertise with WECO if we did not have NASCAR. NASCAR is very important to WECO. And whatever success we've attained after 53 years, we would not be in our position today. I guess we're survivors of nothing else, but we're in the position we are today. We wouldn't be here without NASCAR. And a shout out to Bob and the guys at MRN. Being a NASCAR affiliate, we get to network with MRN. And when we need help with promotions or an interview or um, extra things that we need, Bob and the guys at MRN are just a phone call away. Oh, man, you're hearing about connection, you're hearing about effort, and you're hearing about revenue. We are talking NASCAR radio, revenue lost and opportunities to crank up your 2023 NASCAR revenue. This is the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. This episode is all NASCAR and encouraging sales. With us is Ed Knight from WECO in Wartburg, Tennessee, who is and has had a large success selling NASCAR. We want to say year after year, but let's just go ahead and say it the way it is. Decade after decade. And we are also joined by Alec Drake in Dallas. And we're talking about how to increase your NASCAR revenue. Fox Sports Television has always impressed me with their aggressive promotional strategy. They're very good at it. It's not uncommon for you to see a Daytona 500 promo months out before the event. They uh, cross promote uh, the sport with their other programming where the demographics make sense. NASCAR should be a brand that is fully integrated within your brand, just like they do it. I know we're all understaffed, but I can't tell you the number of websites that I see without a single mention of a, that the station carries racing. And we here at MRN, we have tools to help you with this. Plus, NASCAR can, can bring audience to your station that aren't necessarily fans of your format during the week. So don't discount running promos on other stations in your cluster that could attract similar demographics and may ha also have NASCAR fans listening to them. Alec, you've been around for a long time and you've seen a lot of success in sports and a wide variety of formats. What do you think? Is there anything with local roots racing track? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, let's talk about uh, roots racing 
and local tracks and how they can benefit local NASCAR stations? Well, uh, you know, if you're looking at the local tracks, first of all, in our situation, you've got to look at what your competitive clearance might be, you know, to work with local tracks and that should be your priority. We had to abide by some restrictions working with Texas Motor Speedway. And so we did not conduct promotions with other tracks. Uh, those tracks did run paid ad campaigns with us, and, and that was really the extent of our involvement. So we were pretty exclusive to focusing on Texas Motor Speedway, although there were some other tracks uh, here in the, in the uh, North Texas region. So we had all of our stations involved in the cluster with Texas Motor Speedway. You know, this comes down to your local situation and making sure you can take advantage. But I would look at all of your stations uh, and, and see how they can get involved. We did all local activations at Texas Motor Speedway. You know, one example that comes to mind is something called Race Day U. Uh, and, and Texas Motor Speedway brought in Coca-Cola as a key sponsor. Uh, and these events were up close sessions with several of the top drivers. We, it was hosted by our ticket personalities. We were doing a live broadcast with interviews. Uh, there was a, a $200 package per person, and it included, you know, special grandstand seating, VIP hospitality options, pit passes, of course, special souvenirs. And this was a great opportunity for us as a station to be involved and do something unique and special for the fans and to help, uh, frankly, also some people learn a lot more about NASCAR uh, and an opportunity to tie in our local sponsors. We all, as I mentioned, uh, I think earlier, we also broadcast, broadcast live and provided hosts for something called Friday Night Drags. Uh, you know, if you're looking at your local tracks, obviously there's NASCAR, but there's also the other things that they might be doing. And look at how you can work through the year on those opportunities. Friday Night Drags was a, a six week, six race amateur summer series. And it was a, a kind of a combination local car show for individual owners. They'd come out earlier in the evening, show off their cars and, uh, and it was a car show kind of vibe. And then later there would be those who would race their cars uh, on the pit road, which is typically used, you know, for NASCAR events where we converted it uh, into a, a eighth mile drag strip. So we launched that promotion in 2009 and it went on for 10 successful years till COVID stopped it in 2020. Uh, but it was always huge. So again, I think you gotta, you know, Think outside the box. You got to look at everything that's going on and find ways to be creative. Listen, um, there are all kinds of forms of racing. Uh, NASCAR is the most popular form of auto racing uh, in America. Hands down, no one's even close. Now, uh, when you're talking about local short tracks, uh, every radio station has some in their region somewhere. They should be involved in that NASCAR coverage because those folks going to that track are fans of NASCAR. You should be covering them. You should talk about their, their, their events, do a reciprocal deal for advertising on your station and signage at the track and in their programs and in their PA reads. This is a question for Bob. NASCAR tracks are busy outside of NASCAR race weekends, and they have marketing dollars to promote those events, too. Is this true? Uh, Alec can attest to this because he knows Eddie Goshage well. He's one of the one of the um, legendary promoters in our sport. Right. Uh, another legendary sport uh, uh, promoter in our sport that Eddie worked for, Bruton Smith, 
would say that uh, a NASCAR track is a living, breathing creature that must be fed (laughs) and it's fed with events and they happen all year long. Some of our most active tracks for events are Richmond Raceway and Watkins Glen International. They couldn't be in farther apart geographically, but those tracks are run very similarly that they have all these events all year long. Anything from a concert to a flea market to a wine festival and everything in between. Those tracks must market those events as well. They have dollars there that you can mine, but you need to build the relationships with the track um, and you need to think outside the NASCAR box that one or two weekends a year that NASCAR comes to town. What if you came up with an event that you brought to a track that you could partner with them with? whether it was a promotion or something along the lines of one of my favorites promotions in the world is the world's largest garage sale. It just draws a ton of people. And it's one of my favorites. What if, what if you brought one of those to a track? That brings us, I, I know we're in overtime right now, so we're going to try to hurry up, but we are going to try to cram these things in because we want to make this event really meaningful for everyone. That brings us to non-traditional revenue. Look, This is for anybody who wants to speak up. We'll try to keep our answers truncated, but but here we go. Can we discuss non-traditional revenue that could come from NASCAR-related sources, content, and opportunities, gentlemen? So, Ed, I I know you go to two or three tracks a year for a live broadcast, and that enhances uh, your NASCAR sponsors and gives you more inventory to sell. Uh, It seems to be fairly easy to set up. What what does that mean? been a benefit for you doing this, Ed? Um, It creates additional advertising sales. It creates an opportunity for us to continue to build the brand. I mean, I got a 10,000 watt stick on a 3,000 foot mountaintop in the hills of East Tennessee. I'm bombarded by 100,000 watt competitors to the east and to the west and satellite radio beaming in from outer space. These remotes create revenue up and beyond our regular programming. They Many times I've returned from a broadcast and discussed the previous weekend's events at the racetrack with a sponsor. You know, we talk racing. We've had a good conversation. And a lot of times I'll say, well, that was a great broadcast. So-and-so won. You want to renew your remote sponsorship for next year? And most of the time, the answer is yes. And we've done 40 of these broadcasts. It gives me a pretty exclusive product as far as knowledge. And, you know, I can, if I need to, sit down and talk the talk with these guys. And it gives you product knowledge. It creates advertising revenue. And it gives us an opportunity to continue to build the NASCAR and WECO brand. There was one super unique uh, opportunity from a few years back, Ed. Can you tell Alec and Lloyd about your Richmond Raceway Federated Auto Parts bus trip? We had a client that was rebranding from Napa to Federated Auto Parts. I used my connections with Richmond Raceway, MRN Radio, and Federated Auto Parts for a promotion that basically included a promotion where I went to the sponsor and said, what if I put together a deal to where we create a bus trip for 50 of your clients and employees to go up to Richmond, Virginia? We'll get them race tickets. Some of them were in the Federated Auto Parts, who was title sponsor of the race in their suite. And I got with Richmond Tourism, and we bid out 50 hotel rooms and got a great rate. We included the hotel accommodations. We've connected with some of the MRN announcers to do guided pit tours. So I went to my client, 
I said, you're rebranding from Napa to Federated. They're the title sponsor of this Richmond race. So how about 50 of your clients go on the race? We'll put them up in a hotel, give them race tickets, and let them tour the pits with uh, Alex Hayden and Steve Post. And the guy said, well, how much is that going to cost me? And I said, well, funny you should ask. They took their existing contract, bought the promotion, and extended it for 18 months. When those 18 months were up, we went back and proposed to them that they become the title sponsor. They signed a three-year contract. It was the largest contract in the 53-year history, 53-year history of WECO. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how it's done. Hmm. Nashville is a great tourist destination. There are all kinds of ways to tie it into your NASCAR sales with the Champions Banquet and Celebration located there. The banquet traditionally has a fan gallery, but of course, the last couple of years has not been available. We all know what that's about. Expect that to come back soon. But there are also other programming that is open to the public to view, like burnouts on Broadway, the NASCAR street party, and team displays and driver appearances in Riverfront Park. I know Ed's activated in Nashville for the awards banquet, as well as at the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Ed, let's talk about your most recent visit to the Hall of Fame and how you turn that into dollars. Well, we come up with an idea that we wanted to celebrate the 50th year or 50th anniversary of WECO, but this thing called COVID kicked it in the head two years ago. So we tried to come up with a in lieu of 50th anniversary celebration. So through our contacts with MRN, we got in touch with Winston Kelly, who's director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. They welcomed us as open arms. We went over and did a broadcast. They had staff on hand all day to help us do the broadcast, tell us all the stories and behind the scenes stories. Bottom line, we sold extra inventory, Wartburg, Tennessee, live at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And we, again, pushed the NASCAR brand, the WECO brand, and we made extra money. And it's posturing. It's just something that our local competitors don't do. We are the NASCAR station. And as a side benefit, we had a nice dinner with the good folks at MRN after it was over. (laughs) It was a good dinner. Look, you can take these things for granted, but if you do, you're going to leave dollars on the table. The NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte is a great destination, and they're willing to work with anyone to help them promote what they have going on. Stations broadcasting from the Hall of Fame, that's an additional sponsorship opportunity for you. Stations have done promotions to give away tickets. Stations have even attended the Hall of Fame induction ceremony and sold sponsorship around covering that event in January. Yeah, let's uh, discuss one idea, one idea that could enhance uh, stations NASCAR sales in 2023 if we started planning it today. Ed, what do you think? If I had to give you one idea to all the folks out there listening that was wanting to put an idea for NASCAR, it would be this sell a title sponsorship, include the station social media so you can cross promote, sell the NASCAR in race programming, include weekly bonus spots and promos. Heck, maybe even tie in a live broadcast to the local track for a value added. Price it as you see fit. However, I suggest you sell it for a premium price. Hell man, be proud of it. Also suggest you make it a 12 month package with 12 equal payments. That way you get cash flow for an entire year. That's some good thinking. What about you, Alec? Any ideas that people could take into battle as 
we're about to head into NASCAR sales season right now. Well, first of all, I'd, I'd say, you know, if you missed the beginning or the, the first half of this podcast, go back and catch that. We've we've had a lot of great content in here from Ed, and he's talked a lot about shoulder programming and, and broadcasts outside of the actual NASCAR races and with the NASCAR races and all those things are great ways to generate revenue. You know, I would suggest, is there any local businesses that are maybe fixing up cars or doing car makeovers? Uh, in your market where you could have a listener get an upgrade on their wheels and, and or win a trip to one of the races sponsored by that client, you know, as Ed promoted today, you know, we've in the past sent uh, our air talent to some of the crown jewel races and had them do reports sponsored by local clients. They obviously return from the trip and you've got promotional and content uh, that tails on after that uh, that trip. So all those things are are going to be helpful in, in looking at how you can generate additional ideas and revenue. Having an exclusive brand to your radio station is a big deal. And of course, something as explosive as NASCAR is an even bigger deal. But you have to find the best way to leverage the sport on your radio station, and that takes a strategy, and it takes thinking through the local opportunities available to you. If you want additional ideas, certainly reach out. We can help you. I, you know, I feel like the heat is on in NASCAR right now, but 2023 is coming fast. Alec, do you think sales managers can do uh, something to really energize local sellers and help them be more successful with NASCAR in 2023? Well, you know, I think every manager, no matter what you're selling, knows that you can have uneven support for any particular asset uh, in your sales department. So, to you know, maybe in some cases overcome a lack of passion or interest in what I wanted to be sold, I, I'd use a couple of tactics. First, make sure you've got a value story that can be taken out to the streets and delivered by your team, and they know it very well. Uh, you know, whether it includes the research to back up the opportunity, previous results from other sponsors, testimonials, uh, a well thought out investment grid with choices. You know, Ed talked about that earlier, about having a plan and ways that people can get involved and participate. Make sure that's really organized for the very dollars that might be available in your market. And second, obviously, internal incentives that are inclusive so that the same salespeople do not win again for the contest. You know, one thing about sales contests, uh, is sometimes the same person tends to to be the winner. So so look at making something that's got broad implications, can pull everybody in. And then third, I'd say, uh, as we say to our radio clients, frequency sells. So present that sponsorship grid in your weekly sales meeting with progress on sales, recognition for those getting it done, place signs up in your sales area, promoting the program, uh, you know, clear deadlines and term packages making sure that everybody understands how this thing can function and, and activate. And lastly, probably most importantly, give yourself plenty of runway to sell all those assets. If you start late, you're going to miss opportunities in the market and create undue pressure on your team. If it's not a priority for management, it ain't going to be a priority for anybody. Also, uh, I, I just want to say this, that, you reward the behavior that you want to see. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We also want to thank our guests, Alec Drake from Drake Media from Dallas and Ed Knight from WECO in Wartburg, Tennessee. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with your friends who are in radio, audio, NASCAR, on air and sales. If you're thinking about the power of NASCAR to set your radio brand apart, you can give me a call at 704-262-6713. That is my direct line, 704-262-6713. That number and my email address will be in the show notes as well. We can help, and we're here to encourage your revenue. As we say at Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works and on these podcast episodes, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. You don't know what I'm talking about? You want to know? You How about this? You want me to explain why that works and why that's really a thing? Reach out. I will be glad to explain it to you exactly how that works. If you don't remember anything else from this episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, please remember this. Be kinder than you have to be. Thanks, Lloyd. And, and thanks for joining us for a special NASCAR radio sales exclusive. To find more helpful resources anytime, go to RainmakerPathway.com. Go sell some NASCAR on the radio. And good night. Well, if you made it this far, your hand hurts from taking notes and you're all in when it comes to your NASCAR revenue at your station. So I want to invite you to subscribe to both Lloyd's podcast, The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and to this podcast, Selling Speed. Both will educate and encourage you in your radio career, and both are free to subscribe and will show up right in your smartphone right as soon as they're published each month. Just search The Encouragers, The Radio Rally, or Selling Speed on all major podcast platforms like Audible, Apple, Spotify, and so on. And if you're smart, you'll subscribe to both. Hey, thanks for joining us, and happy selling.